Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? We've had a good week here at Massive Late Fee. Yes, we have. What do you want to do first? Do you want me to read the news first? Do you want to go with your little bit of news first? What do you want to do? Um, I guess I'll, I'll go with mine first. Okay, well, you do you then. So we got a uh, letter on AOL. Send a letter, AOL. Very excited. Um, from Scott. Scott. With a movie suggestion. Hello, Scott. Says, hey, loving the tapes. My cousin has some supplier, he won't tell me who, who he gets the tapes from and copies them on his boombox for anyone who wants one. Oh, good job. I don't job. know. I mean, that's cool that we're spreading the tapes around, but is he making money off this? Because that's not right. No, you... no one's making money off this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever seen Hamburger, the motion picture? It's a cheap sex comedy from the 80s, but it was also the first adult-type movie that my brother and I ever watched via USA Up All Night. As such... Up All Night. <laughs> Rhonda Shear, right? Yeah. Sure. I have no... I've never heard of this movie, so... I've, it, se- I've seen Hamburger, the movie. Yeah. Not related to Hot the Dog, sex the movie. movie. <laughs> it, it basically is. As such, it holds a special place in my heart. Might be interesting to hear your take on it. Keep up the good work. Your insights help keep me from sounding like a dweeb when I talk of movies and TV with my friends. Oh, good. Scott. Good job. Thank you for the letter, Thank Scott. Thank you so much. We will continue to try to keep up your uh, education. Right. I, I have seen Hamburger the movie. It's about 10 years old now, I guess. I think 86 okay. is when it came out. It's, uh, it's an interesting film. It's the first film that I ever heard the phrase uh, eating out at. Oh, okay. Yeah. The whole thing, so they're in, in a university, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Like, you know how like, McDonald's has like McDonald's University yeah. or whatever? It's like that. It's ha- okay. Hamburger U. <laughs> Interesting. And the commandant's wife or something like that is attracted to the the sidekick character. And like he wants to sleep with her. And Dick Butkus, the old football player, runs this. He's like the the head of the university or whatever. Mm-hmm. And head of security or something like that. And they're out to dinner. And he goes, like, he's there with the... It's the two guys and two girls, the two love interests. And they hide under the table. And he starts uh, doing that under the table. Oh, my. The comedy guy. She's wearing a dress. You know, his head's like... You don't see, uh-huh. you know, obviously you don't see her genitalia, but his head's like in dress. And he pops out and he goes, I love eating out because they're at a restaurant. Right. Too. So it's funny on two levels. Right, right. But that yeah. sounds like a pretty uh, maybe terrible we'll, movie. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll go to Blockbuster one week and we'll rent it. And when we have a week that not a lot's going on and we'll talk about Hamburger the movie. Okay. I think it's worth talking about. It's like Scott. It was one of the first of those types of movies I saw as well. But it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes that's the most fun, though, isn't it? Sometimes. But speaking of things that are good, or maybe not good, I don't know. The new Forbes 100 Richest People came out. Mm -hmm. uh, The 100 People You Wish You Were. 
And right. the, the richest person right in America now is Bill Gates. Billiam Gates. Good for him. Who is the founder and owner of Microsoft, which is that, you know, everyone's got Microsoft on their computer now. Right. His, he is now worth $12.9 billion. Wow. Billion with a B. That's crazy. Insane. Up from $4.3 billion last year. Now he's added $8 billion in one year wow. through this company. Because everyone's everyone's computer nuts now. Everyone wants a computer. See, that's not sustainable though. Like eight billion dollars in a year, it's got to go down from there. You, you would think you yeah. can't go up from there. No, no. You, I mean, the the company's hot now. These computers are big fad right now. Eventually, you know that stuff will die down for sure. Yeah, no one's and no one. I, I can't even imagine anyone being worth more than that ever. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, but speaking of ridiculous, have you ever watched the John Larroquette show? No. It's not really ridiculous, but... So they, they did this little article about it, about how the John Larroquette show deals with alcoholism. Okay. It's actually a pretty interesting article where the, it, it follows a woman who's a fan of the show who's strug- a struggling alcoholic. She says she goes... Sometimes she goes to three meetings uh, a day. Three AA meetings a day. Wow. And she says that, you know, the show really does a good job of portraying alcoholism and the struggles with alcoholism. And then they they talk to John Larroquette, who apparently was an alcoholic. Well, I guess that explains why he did such a good job with it. Yeah, he's been sober for 13 years. And I guess the guy that created the show also was an alcoholic. And a lot of the writers were alcoholics. And he said that alcoholism and drug abuse is a big problem in Hollywood. And a lot of people are in programs to get clean. So Hmm. they kind of write what they, what they know about. Makes sense. So I thought that was interesting. I've only seen the John Larroquette show a few times. I've never struggled with alcoholism. So you haven't. No, come on. I guess for the sake of comedy, I should say yes and, right? That's what I'm supposed to be doing as far as improvisation goes. Well, no, I just, but no, I just I've mean never like uh, we, we've maybe not alcoholism, but we've definitely struggled with, uh, you know, going too far. Oh, yeah, sure. From time to time. Yeah. My dad is an alcoholic. Yeah. So I've, I know what it's like from that perspective. Yeah, mine too. And then the last bit of news I have is a hot new band, an interesting new band. Ooh. And I, I'm a bit of a fan, I have to say. So are you familiar with Nirvana? Yeah. And how they broke up because uh, Kurt Cobain broke his head up? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> too soon? I think too, so. Too soon for Just that Just a little too soon, yeah. Anyway, so... Because that band no longer exists, the drummer of that band, a a man by the name of Dave Grohl, mm-hmm. has started a new band, and they're they're coming out with a new album, uh, the Foo Fighters. Interesting. So pretty interesting music. Uh, I I kind of like it. He's pretty talented. So he's he's singing, and also I think he I think he drums in the band, obviously. But I think he also plays uh, some instruments, too, guitar and stuff like that. I like the uh, headline for this article. Smells like a new spirit. Yeah. (laughs) Very clever. (laughs) 
Whatever. You can see that they were up all night uh, trying were. to think of that one I'm with sure. Rodney Shear. Watching Hamburger the movie. That's <laughs> where they got that comic gold. Anyway, that's that's all the news that I have. Check out the Foo Fighters album. I think it's quite a thing. We really do need to get on making a mixtape. We've been yeah. doing so much talking about music and not doing any music reviews. There's and there's some there's some good music out there. Yeah. You know, not not just Natalie Merchant, not just the Foo Fighters, but there's some other some people out of Canada, there's some some good music coming down the the pike here that I'm I'm interested in. Right. Even some country stuff that's not oh, totally bad. Yeah, there is the occasional country song that's okay. I'm just saying. Just only occasionally though. We'll check it out. There's some good-looking women singing country pop style songs <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be looking too hard. Okay. I wish you could have seen the sneer that she just gave me. He knows better. Anything that you want to talk about before we get into the movie that we saw? The film? Mm, not, I, I don't know. It's not been a very exciting week. It's summer. Fourth of July. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was just a couple of days ago. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Yep. Happy Freedom Day. Happy Independence Day. Woohoo. Yeah. We saw some fireworks. We did. Baby, we saw some fireworks. And <laughs> so we went to the parade and in we went to the parade near my my hometown. In Clausen? Yeah. Okay. Then we went to the fair. I and like that, that part. And yeah, cuz you know, corn dogs and Rides and corn dogs, petting zoos, <laughs> all that good summer fun. Yep, those petting zoos always smell great, don't they? <laughs> but the cuteness makes up for it, I guess. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad you smell if you have little Bambi eyes and you're soft. Okay, well, I'm pretty soft, <laughs> you so don't I don't have, have to take Bambi a sh- eyes. I don't have to take a shower anymore. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, you totally do. All right. Well, what if I got <laughs> surgery? To, <laughs> I got surgery to expand my eyes. We can talk about it, I guess. All right. You freak. So one day I can live my dream of never taking a shower again. Why? Why would you not want to shower? I don't know. That's gross. I, I, like, had, I like scabies. I had a friend who didn't like to shower. Really? The only way uh, anyone could get him in the shower is if his girlfriend would take a shower with him. Oh, wow. That's yeah. dumb. Yeah. I have some, well, let's call them friends. All right. Because I don't want to identify them too too well. But I have some people I know that don't like to take showers. One of them was forced to shower at school. Wow. Because of complaints and stuff. That's how bad it got. That's got to be some serious stench. Yeah. And some serious psychological problems? I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because why, why, why would you not want to be clean? Like, that's the best way. That's how I start my day every morning. I get up and I shower because mm. it, like, helps me feel awake and clean and ready for the day. Well, you're not fully clean unless you're zestfully clean. <laughs> right. But that zest, zest is our new sponsor <laughs> this week. Don't sue us, Zest. 
Well, you know, you can have a lot of fun in the shower, at least if you're an herbal essences girl. That's true. <laughs> I've seen those commercials. You know, I, I tried herbal essence and it was not that You didn't have good. an orgasm? I did not. I'm sorry to say it. Uh, all right. I thought we all, I figured we all thought that that was going to happen. <laughs> and they didn't just think that women moaning would sell shampoo. <laughs> I can't, I, like, can you imagine that meeting from the Herbal Essence people? Sex sells. What are we selling? Uh, soap for your hair. Mm. <laughs> How can we make it sexy? Yeah. Let's just imply that it stimulates your G-spot. Yeah, somehow it turns your scalp into a uh, sexual organ. There you go. Oh, yeah. What if? What if the women... After that, what if after, in the world of herbal essences, what if after the women couldn't get off sexually unless, uh, you know, the head play? Weird. Yeah, they needed some sort of stimulation. That could actually work out really well, though. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah, they could. <laughs> Moving on. All right. So we saw a very sexy movie. Mm, not at all. <laughs> Well, it stars the sexiest man in the world. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. He's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Never in a million years would I want to have sex with him. What about Kevin Bacon? Eh, not really. Gary Sinise? Closer? Bill Paxson? No. Really? Okay. I mean, he's he's cute, but he's not sexy. Bill Paxson looks like if Oklahoma was a person. <laughs> right? Yeah, she just looks very Midwest and cowboyish or something. Yeah. So we saw Apollo 13. I was reluctant to go to this movie because I thought I'd be lost because I never saw Apollo 1 through 12. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I have to deal with this every day. You just have it once a week. All the time, 24-7 right here. That's true. That's love, baby. I have no off switch. (laughs) Um, But anyway, this movie was tense. Yeah, it was. Very intense film. Which is we saw Crimson Tide. That mm-hmm. was was that last week or was that the week before? Two that? weeks ago, I think. Yeah. So you know, a couple pretty tense movies in a row. Now, for older people who remember what happened, I don't know because I don't remember. Like you know, I'm I wasn't alive in 1970 when this movie came out. Right. So I don't or not not when the movie came out <laughs> when when Apollo 13 happened in real life. So I don't know what it's like for people that I, I, you know, I'd never really heard of it before. I'd never heard of Apollo 13, never heard the story or anything like that before this movie, uh, at least until the run up to this movie. And then there were some newspaper articles and stuff like that. And I subsequently learned what happened or the broad strokes of what happened. I learned that spoilers that they lived but even even with that, it was still super intense. But I know there were people in the theater around our age and everything that didn't know right. what happened, 
which makes it even more tense. I wonder if it's as, it, as tense for people that lived through it or if it's more nostalgic. I you, don't know. You know, my mom uh, lived through it. True. And she wouldn't tell me anything about what happened mm-hmm. because she didn't want to spoil it for me. Right. But um, afterwards, you know, she, she told me that um, her family, I guess, was super into it. Mm-hmm. Like watching the launches and stuff. And they were super into the idea of watching astronauts die. No, <laughs> but um, like she said, they would they would set their alarm and get up in the middle of the night to watch a launch if there was one happening. Oh wow, that is into it. <laughs> and so they were going to watch that show that the astronauts do. Yeah, and it wasn't on, and they were so the, upset. The cartoon show, right? The, right. the astronauts, uh, a variety house. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, Buzz! <laughs> it looks like Neil's stuck in a well. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Just shake your head at me. That's, that's what I'm good for. That's how we keep, that's how we keep the ball rolling here on the show. You just, just denied. Head shakes. <laughs> no, so this movie, broad strokes, very well acted. Uh, well directed, obviously. There's a shot in here that Ron Howard includes, where the information. So they're they're in Michigan Troll or whatever in Houston, and there's a guy. Mo- a lot of these guys wear big Coke bottle glasses, which I assume was the style back then. Yeah. And there's a like a screen with all the, the kind of information on it and everything as they're they're talking, and he's he he's closed up on this guy and the reflection of all the information is in his glasses <laughs> as they pull the camera back. It's a really great shot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I don't know if that was added in later with Bill Gates's Microsoft computers or 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 whatever. You are such a freak. Or if they were able to get it if they were able to get it just naturally or whatever, but uh, you know, it was a really great shot. But so fantastically directed Great acting, obviously. You mentioned Tom Hanks. Not the handsomest guy in the world, but very good actor. And, uh, you know, the well-written story and everything. Very, like I said, very intense. That That's probably the emotion that runs through the whole movie mm-hmm. is intensity and wonder, yeah. I, I would say. The kind of joy and wonder of exploration and space travel you know joy wonder exploration all things that were uh going on between him and his wife in the Mm -hmm. very beginning of this movie right when he's pawing her on a lawn chair yeah and 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 i gotta say watching him try like he's flirting and giving his wife eyes and stuff Mm -hmm. watching him try to be sexy that was like one of the most uncomfortable things i've ever seen in my life (laughs) i mean he's a fantastic fantastic actor how do you he think cannot it, do sexy. How do you think Rita Wilson deals with it? It looks, I mean, he looks like such a dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like watching a dad paw somebody. No. Well, he has kids, right? And he's got a couple of young yeah, kids. I, I guess that, I guess that's true. Like he is a dad, whatever, but he, this was gross. Sorry, Mr. Hanks. <laughs> oh, you're, he's, you're, de- you're amazing. he's definitely listening. <laughs> you're amazing, but no. He's definitely got a hold of one of the tapes. For sure. Well, you know, I mean, uh, Scott's, Scott's uh, cousin yeah. is passing these tapes out That's everywhere. Right. So Scott's cousin is our biggest distributor. <laughs> Make sure Mr. Haynes gets one. No, but 
I, I see what you're saying. You know, I, like that hadn't occurred to me because I'm a dude, you <laughs> right. know. But yeah, he does, and he, it's a period movie. So late '60s, early '70s, fashion decor. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help, right? It doesn't. True. It doesn't help the aesthetic <laughs> at all. Because that's a you, when you think of the late '60s, you don't think of parents having sex, right, and making babies. You think of teenagers doing drugs and having sex. That's true. I mean, because they would have separate beds on TV in those mm-hmm. times and everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously they did have sex, in, or there wouldn't in, be any people, right, in those times. But you don't think about it that way. You think about people face down in the mud in, in Woodstock. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of uh, image that the 60s conjures to me. Yeah. But what is so what did you think? What did you think of the movie? I, I thought it was a great movie. What did you think? Oh, yeah, I thought it was a fantastic movie. It was more than two hours long and yeah. it did not feel like it at no. all. I mean, not too much longer than two hours, but yeah, it was like it just sucked you in. To mm-hmm. the point where, like, nothing else matters. And, like, you're really afraid for them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so many things go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, things start to go wrong. There's an explosion on their ship. And oxygen starts venting. And then just things continue to go wrong. And little mistakes get made and everything. At one point, they calculate for CO2. Bill mm-hmm. Paxson calculates for CO2. And it's off. And... Their CO2 is building up inside their lunar module, and it's going to kill them. And Bill Paxton's like, I don't know what the hell I did wrong. He goes back and looks at his figures, and he's like, oh, I only figured it for two people. Which wasn't wrong, because there was only ever supposed to be two people. Right, because the lunar module is supposed to carry... So when they do moon landings, or when they did moon landings, they haven't done a moon landing since the 70s, they, at least as far as the Apollo program goes... They would, three people, three-man crews would go out there. The lunar module was built for two. One person has to stay in the ship. So two people go down in the lunar module. They do their moonwalk. That's why everyone remembers Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon, Buzz Aldrin, second man on the moon. But, like, very few people remember Michael Collins, part of that mission, too, had to stay in the ship. How'd you like to be that dude? Oh, I know. Well, you know the so the mission before Apollo Eleven was Apollo Ten, where because they did this in stages to see if they could do it, and Apollo Ten's mission was to fly to the moon, go down in the lunar module to fifty thousand feet above the surface of the moon, and then leave, <laughs> and that's what they did. Wow! But there, there's a I don't know it's poetic or or whatever. It's scientific. So there's a thing where they say that Michael Collins, at one point in time, was the person most isolated from any other people uh, in in you know that we know of in existence in the universe because, because he was alone there. Yeah, because he was alone on the ship, away from them and away from all the other humans, and all other humans are always around huh. other humans because even if you're in, you're in a you're let's say let's say you're in a house like a farmhouse alone there's still somebody like i don't know a mile or two away from you right but they were i think they were like three four miles away or whatever doing their their moonwalk how long were they gone 
They were uh, so the uh, in Apollo Eleven, I believe they were out of the ve- extravehicular activity or something. That's what they call EV- EVA. They were out for twenty, I think twenty two or thirty minutes, something like that. That's it. Yeah. Well, okay. I was all not like a long period feeling of time. bad for him for a second, but anyone can handle twenty minutes in solitary. Come on. Well, yeah, it's not like he was there for days by himself. I bet he was fine. I yeah. think fine. He probably took a nap. It's like I said, it's not a, <laughs> it's not a poetic thing. It's not like it, it's not like, oh, he was the loneliest person in the world. It's just scientifically, statistically or whatever, you know, right. from a fact point of view, he was the most isolated, the farthest away from any human being. Okay. So, uh, Apollo 13, they yeah, things start to go wrong and then they just keep going wrong yeah and it's it's hard to articulate exactly what makes the movie so tense but what's his name i almost said rob reiner but that's not who it is uh you know tom hanks no the director oh ron howard Howard, yeah ron howard has a way at least in this movie of drawing you in and just holding on to you the whole time He's been a, a decent director for quite a while. This, I think, is his best movie. And the one where I've most firmly felt his hand on the wheel the entire time. Okay. Like, he is in the driver's seat of this movie. The acting's great. And he gets great performances out of everybody. But this is his movie. More than even Tom Hanks's movie, more than anybody else's movie, I think this is his movie. Okay. And he like I said, he really he really controls it from start to finish and he masterfully moves the audience exactly where he wants them to go, feeling exactly what he wants them to feel at every turn in this film. Yeah. I'll, I will agree. I mean, I definitely, I felt, I felt a lot during this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of my, um, the, the funniest parts in this movie to me, though, was mm-hmm. when uh, Bill Paxton's character, who's sick, like, the whole time. Yeah. From the very beginning. I mean, he started throwing up initially, like, when they got on there. So, I mean, I think he was sick sick. Yeah. But um, when he says that he thinks that Kevin Bacon uh, gave him the clap. Oh, that is funny, yeah. Because Kevin Bacon, it, from the beginning, is shown to be like a, you know, a tomcat or whatever, however you want to say it. And they had them using the same things to pee in. Well, he kept. He said he kept using his urine collection tube or whatever, because basically they they pee into a tube into a bag. That's so weird. Like, I I would not use somebody else's tube. Right? I'd probably try to avoid it, but I don't know if he had a choice. He, he said it in this way, like, it sounds like he was being a menace. Like, he kept using, <laughs> kept using my tube. Kevin Bacon's just sitting in the corner, like, rubbing his hands together, smiling. <laughs> I'll infect everyone. I want to know what was really wrong with him, like, the whole time. Who, Bill Paxson? Yeah. I don't know. I... I do know that he didn't have the best time on the Vomit Comet. Have you heard of this? There's a lot of behind-the-scenes type of stuff 
that has come out about this movie okay. that's that's interesting. And one of the things that they did in preparation for this is there's a plane that they call the Vomit Comet. And basically what it does is it takes off and it goes in a uh, parabolic a parabolic uh, flight plan. Mm-hmm. So it comes up real quick and then it starts to go down real quick and then it like kind of flattens out for a minute and then it up and down again. And what that does is it simulates weightlessness because of the force, the G forces. If they're you know you're able to drop and then and then flatten out, you're weightless for a small period of time. So they did this to simulate weightlessness and kind of get an idea of what it would be like to be in space. And you know they called the vomit comet because people throw up a lot on this thing. Gross. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I, why would anybody choose that? To get ready for their role in this well, yeah, movie. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, it, it sounds like it's something that is out there, or no? Astronauts actually do use this to train, too. Okay. I don't know if this is available for the general public okay. or not. I think this is maybe just for astronauts, and then if you're rich enough and have a movie studio, you can <laughs> you can convince them to do it. I don't know if it's a... I don't think it's a tourist-type thing. Okay. Doesn't sound like a good time. I wouldn't. I don't like to fly anyway, so right. I wouldn't do it at all. But, but yeah, that's uh, that's. So I, I, he, maybe that's method acting from that. I don't know. <laughs> maybe Bill Paxton's decided that his character doesn't do well flying. He he does. He his character's background. So we don't get a whole lot on these people, actually. Yeah. I mean, we get we get a little bit of character development. Tom Hanks's character probably is the most well-rounded right. of the characters because we really get to know what his hopes are, what his dreams are. He wants to go to the moon. That's his, the b- biggest ambition in his life. He was on Apollo 8, I think, which circled the moon 10 times and then you know flew to the moon, circled the moon 10 times, and then came back to Earth. And again, he's got a slingshot around the moon. So he see he's got the moon in his sights, but he can't land yeah. on it. And so that's obviously it's a big loss for him. But so we get to see his his emotion. We get to see what he what his ambitions are so that when he loses it, we feel that with yeah. him. But the other two, we don't get a whole lot as far as backstory goes. There's some there's some television like interviews with them and things like that that are shown on TV in the parlance of the movie. So other characters are watching them on TV and we get some backstory there. And one of the backstory things that we get from Bill Paxton's character is that he never even dreamed about flying or anything like that until he joined the service. And he just kind of, he wasn't, he wasn't one of these, the right stuff, you know, Neil Armstrong, Mm -hmm. military colonel, you know, determined to do this kind of people. He sort of more or less fell into it. I mean, he was good at it and he tried for it, but it's not like he was all gung ho for this. He just was in the military and then this was an avenue that was open for him. So he just took it. Okay. Well, and what we else, what else we know about his character is that he's married and has kids and his wife is pregnant. Right. And that the other guy just fucks everything. 
And no one came to his launch. Apparently, also, Bill Paxson's uh, urine collection tube fucks that. <laughs> right? Too. No one came to see him off. That would be terrible. It would be so depressing. His, he's got a mom. We see his mom. He's also... We Ke- do? Yeah, Kevin Bacon's, Kevin Bacon's character is a... It, it, wasn't that his mom? No, that was um, Tom Hanks's character's mom. Well, she was talking about. She was talking about. I don't think so. I think that was the lady in the nursing home. Yeah. No, his family goes to see her. His wife and kids go visit her. Okay. It's not the other guy's mom. It's his mom. All right. Well, because because uh, Kevin Macon's character is the pilot, and she says if they're if they could if they could make a bathtub fly. My, my Billy could land it. Well, his name's Jimmy. Jimmy. My Jimmy could land it. Whatever. <laughs> his name is James Lovell. So, and, and it's, and it's I think it's Jim Swaggart. So it could go either way. It was Tom Hanks' character. All right, whatever. Anyway, so we don't see anybody from him, from him then. No, he, he's completely alone in the world. Well, he was a replacement for Gary Sinise. Because Gary Sinise was supposed to get the measles. Yeah. And didn't. You know what, though? That's the best thing that ever happened for any of them. You think so? I think they'd all be dead if that ha- if Gary Sinise's character had been up there instead. Really? Yeah. Why you say that? Because he figured it out. How to, how to bring them home safe. Yeah, you, I guess. You don't think anybody else would have figured it out? No. Okay. I mean, they were basically, like, floundering until he got there. But what if he was up there? Don't you think he would have figured it out up there? No, because their brains weren't functioning properly because they didn't have enough oxygen. Mm. And they were under all that stress and sleep-deprived and, you know. Huh. Interesting. Well, that's definitely possible. So, I would definitely recommend this film. Oh, yeah. I think... And I might be going on a limb here, but I think this is the best movie we've seen this year. So far. Yeah, I, I would say so. So this is my front runner for Oscar. Yeah. I, I, I don't I think it was better than uh than Braveheart. I don't not by much. Uh, Braveheart. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I would I don't know if I would nominate Tom Hanks for best uh actor again. Although him winning three in a row would be very interesting. Yeah. But I don't know if I... Because as I said, I think he was very good in the movie. But I think the strength of this movie is the direction. Yeah. I think that's... That to me is the clear stamp on this movie is how it's directed. So you think Ron Howard should uh, get the best director? For sure. At least right now. I, I You know, I can't... The, the year's not over. We'll see what happens and what other films come out. But as far as right now, yes. That's who I would vote for. Okay. So we will end uh, this, this episode as we end all episodes with our blockbuster pick of the week, Carol. Yes. This week, I've got... I, I, I'm telling you, there are some, some choices here. Uh, IQ... I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I'm not familiar with IQ. Oh, no, it's Meg Ryan and and Tim Robbins, and it's Walter Matthau stars as Albert Einstein. 
So it's like a romantic comedy uh, with Albert Einstein. That sounds so dumb. Come on. That, that sounds, as, as my friend Claudette would say, that sounds stupid dumb. Well, you're wrong. It's okay. A, it's a good movie. Sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. <laughs> but the other thing that's coming to that's coming to home video that we didn't see and we didn't really talk about came out earlier this year, this very year. The <laughs> what? The, the Brady Bunch. What year was it now? This year. Oh, okay. The Brady Bunch movie. Oh yeah, we we almost saw it. We almost saw it. But then we didn't see it. Maybe we should it. really see it now. What do you think? I I think we should. I think we should rent it. I think we should rent it and talk Marcia, about it. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I like that uh, actress, though, that plays yeah, I know Jan. You like all those pretty little she was on, actresses. She was on a show called Hey Dude. Huh. Hey Dude. Was it on cable? It's a little wild and a little strange. It was on Nickelodeon, yes. Yeah. <laughs> rich people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very rich. Uh, <laughs> just because we've leapt into the 80s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but that's our, our blockbuster pick of the week. Carol, why don't you uh, take us home? So everybody be cool like Scott and write us at <laughs> lateb1994 right. at AOL.com. And distribute uh, tapes like Scott's cool cousin. Yeah. So, yeah, tell your friends and uh, give us the stars and the likes. All right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.